to give people some idea, what are some of the maybe stranger, weirder, or more intense stories that you've had? Michael, who was at base camp at Mount Everest, there was an earthquake. And some of the people that he was with were never found, but he survived. Just being at base camp on Mount Everest is a story in itself, pretty <laughs> of, much. Of course. But yes. to be there when an earthquake happens, and part of his team, he wasn't planning to reach the summit, but part of his team was already on their way up. And so that was pretty wild. There's another one, a lady named Leslie, who lived in Nashville. There was severe flooding going on, and her house was flooding. And she was there with a friend. He was helping her gather up some stuff, and they were going to try to just escape somehow. And yet, at that time, her house caught on fire because her car in the garage had started floating. It hit a gas line or something, and so there was natural gas leaking, and there was fire, and her house was dangerous then to be in. But they couldn't get in the car and drive away. There was water outside the door. And so she's on the phone with 911, and she's saying, okay, do I burn? Do I drown? You know, what's better? And then the neighbor comes on a jet ski. <laughs> and so she and her friend get on the jet ski. So there's three adults. She had two dogs with her. They are all on the jet ski, and it was waterlogged. He couldn't get it started again. Finally, he got it started. They took off, and as they were leaving, the house exploded. Things blew past her hair. And the way she tells the story, she's very animated. That sounds like something out of over-the-top action movie or where the big explosion happens right. and the heroes are running away with a jet ski or that, that kind of thing. That, uh -huh. that, that, that's awesome. And it's funny. When she got to the hospital, this was, all of the, this was the local news, obviously. She got to the hospital. She wasn't really injured, but she was at the hospital and they were saying, why are you here? And she looked up at the TV and that was her house with the <laughs> helicopter. She said, look, that's my house. That's why I'm here. That context of these amazing stories and even some of the more lighthearted ones. But what I'm looking for here, Scott, is have you seen any kind of common themes among some of the folks you've talked to about how they got through these dramatic episodes? Had they somehow or other through their life prepared themselves in some way or another? Bad things happen. No, we don't always prepare ourselves for the moment. But some people may be gone through military training or something. Had they prepared themselves or during the moment, had they had certain attitude of calm or demeanor, any common themes you may have seen in the stories that you've been had the privilege to share? The Not so much in the preparation aspect, because a lot of the things that happened to my guests, they weren't prepared for at all. But there are a couple of common threads, though, that I've seen. One is that in a lot of cases, they want their experience to help others. That's why they want to get their story out there, either to help others recover from it or to avoid going through the same thing. The couple that came to mind is a girl named Jill. And the title of that episode is Jill was kept in a basement. Oh my gosh. She was human trafficked oh, for three years. Jeez. And so she's, she wants to get that story out there to raise awareness and help prevent other girls from being trafficked. There's another man, Bill Mitchell. Daughter had just graduated college about to embark on a career with a big corporation in marketing, and she was murdered by her boyfriend. And can you imagine getting that phone call as a father? But now his, he, that's his cause now. He wrote a book called When Dating Hurts, and it's about awareness of, of dating violence. And he has a podcast. And so he's channeled that bad thing into something good, and he's actually saving lives and honoring his daughter at the same time. And a lot of th the other thing is they want to, a lot of people just want to raise awareness sure. about a particular subject. There's one with a guest named Margie 
and her, she was teaching overseas, got a phone call from her mom and her mom's not one to mince words. The very first words where she said was dad's dead. He killed himself. And so to raise awareness of suicide and a big part of that, of her story of their episode was she went back home, her parents or dad particularly was a hoarder. And so in a six room house. And so she spent the next several months cleaning out that hoarded house. And so there's, it's like a dual meaning in that one. A lot of them are to raise awareness of suicide or other things like organ donation, important things that, that they want to get out there and they can do that through their story. And that's one of the reasons I ask you about that, Scott, because so many folks I talk to on Beyond Adversity have had some bad thing happen. They've had a death in the family or tragedy. They've had a disease, heart disease or COVID or whatever it would be, or they've gone through a mental health crisis or a divorce or something has happened to them, or maybe they their business crashed and that, that led them to be dramatically different. I've had some human trafficking stories and some stories about suicide ideation and getting through health issues and stuff, but they now are passionate advocates ends of those causes. That's a cool thing to see. And I'm just wondering that whole process then, how is the passion that these folks impacted you? Have you had moments when you said, okay, this is even getting to me a little bit, or maybe I'm starting to feel catching my throat about what's going on. Have you ever had these things get to you? Absolutely. Yeah. As far as a cause, after I talked to Jennifer and the accidental death that she caused, I became much more aware of myself and distracted driving. Okay. Uh, we can pay attention to all kinds of other things other than the road, like what we're supposed to be. And all it takes is a second and you can cause a, a great problem for multiple families. But yeah, as, as far as the stories affecting me, I got to tell you, yes, sometimes I'm in tears just like the guest is when they're telling the story. There was a recent, if somebody wants a good cry, here's a good one. The episode called Courtney's Mom chose when to die. And this is about medically assisted death. That is, I knew when we were recording that it was going to be a super impactful story when my audience heard it. And I can't tell you how many people say I was listening in the car on the way to work and I had to stop and wait while I gathered myself together before I could go into work. But it's a, it's an amazing story. Yeah. And then a lot of them are like that. When you're changed and and that because a process of carrying out a, a mission or a, a an advocacy to help be a conduit to change others. And I notice how the way you do your podcast and edit and so on, that you often will frame the story. You'll interject word or something to frame things in there. And that tells me you're listening, not only listening carefully, but you are looking to put it in context and frame it. And tell me a little bit about how you, how you do that, Scott. How do you do that? How you choose the words to say to help frame the next part of a story. I think it's just empathy. I want to put myself in their shoes and think about how would I feel if I was going through what they're describing right now. And that's, for me, that's an easy thing to do. It's not easy for everyone. I've learned a little bit of a trick. I want to get out of the way and let people tell their story because my guests or my listeners have tuned in to hear that story not to hear me talk about that story. I tell people ahead of time, basically, it's just going to be you telling the story. I'll probably interject with a clarifying question or to say something just to every once in a while remind the listener that it's a conversation. It's not just a monologue. It's not just you talking. What I'll do sometimes is if I ask a question halfway through the story, depending on how the guest answers that question, 
when I'm editing that episode, I'll just take my question completely out. So that way, it just sounds like the guest continuing to tell their story. And that's the reason a lot of people say, man, you have people that are such great storytellers and you never interrupt. I, I do interrupt probably more than you realize. I'm able to, in some cases, take that out. It just becomes a better story because of that. That also helps to move the flow of the story around because when people are involved with their story, you know, very involved. Where I want to go with you now for just a second here, Scott, has to do with kind of a balance here. In the world, a lot of the stories you tell and share on what was that like are intense, but sometimes bloody and gory. And I know you have stories about, you mentioned a guy getting his arm taken off. I know you have a story about a bear mauling a person and other being people being hurt and injured and killed and so on and seeing death. There's a phrase that's sometimes used in the news media, at least it used to be used, if it bleeds, it leads and this type of thing. Sensationalism mm -hmm. is where I'm going with uh, my question here. Given that so much of the content of what you share is pretty intense and even gory stuff, how do you come to a balance or how do you how to have a sensitivity about what is appropriate to share and what is sensationalism? Or maybe if someone is trying to take advantage of this to gain some sort of a one-upmanship. Certainly. And I tell people that or I address that really in my in one of my first contacts with them as we're just beginning the process. I tell people, I know what happened is, it's pretty intense. I always want to walk that line and not go past the line into exploitation. I don't want, I don't want the gory details just for the shock value of it. So for the most part, I leave that up to the guest. They can talk about that to whatever degree they're comfortable with. It's the details. One of the things I always tell people, it's the details that make it a good story. So that's why I tell them I'm not, I don't have any time limit. As long as it takes you to tell the story, that's how long it takes. It's the details. It's, it's what people want. But I always want to end on a good note. You've gotten through therapy. You've gotten help. You've worked through these things. You're now happy and living life. And I want to get the message out that people, even if you've gone through something as terrible as whatever this is, you can keep going. There is life after this. And so that's how I try to end most things, most of the stories that way. I think people want a sense of, want to have a sense that their life has purpose. It's not just telling a story just for the sense of, okay, here's my gory story, but how can that somehow serve others? You find most people... In one way or another, they want to serve something. Absolutely. Yeah, we all want purpose. For a lot of people, this thing that happened to them, that's what defined their purpose. They knew after that, yeah. wow, this is what I was meant to do, to either help other people that are going through the same thing or to prevent people from going through it like I did. I'm just a huge believer that people are seeking purpose and peace. And I think when people share the story, often there's a sense of, of bringing peace uh, to their life. Everybody's got a big story, don't they? It may not be as dramatic as some of these, but everybody's got their big story. It may have been getting married, or it may have been when a child was born, or it may have been a vacation that went crazy. It may have been some life-threatening, somebody had a heart attack or whatever, but everybody's got their big story. You can tell it. So that's bring us around a little bit. Any tips for people who have a big story that they feel that they want to share? Any tips for them on how to share their story appropriately or in some form that can be 
meaningful, or particularly maybe if they want to share their story with their children or grandchildren or somebody. That's a big factor right there. There are, there are some people who have told their story on my podcast, and that's the only time they've ever actually told that full story, and they're going to be gone someday. That may be the only thing that their family has to listen to audibly to hear that story. I actually have interviewed, it wasn't on this podcast, it was on a previous one, but I interviewed someone who had talked about he had lost some weight. He was getting into exercising because he wanted to grow old. So he wanted to walk his daughters down the aisle and so forth. And he ended up, he was killed in an auto accident. And his family contacted me because they had nothing. And by that time, that podcast was down. They couldn't even download it from the internet. But of course, I still had the recording. I sent, it was actually a CD with that audio recording on it of him to about 10 different family members. And that's, how do you put a value on that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a re really valuable thing. And that's, it's inevitable. I've done 119 episodes now. It's inevitable that some of those people are going to be gone and, but their story continues on. It's important, I believe. And I think part of what you're doing to leave a record, leave a, an accounting of what has happened to us. And that's a good thing. And you've been great at that. And that's a real gift for what you leave here. So what kind of final thoughts might you have, uh, Scott, for folks who may want to find out more about your podcast or about storytelling legacy that they can leave? I think everyone has a story. Like you said, it might not be something like getting hit by a train or surviving a skydiving accident or anything like that. Fortunately, at times I'll tell people, you really don't want to have anything happen to you that qualifies you to be a guest on my podcast. But yet <laughs> everyone has stories. That's true. And it's, what happens is stuff happens to us every day. And in the moment we think, oh, wow, that's interesting or whatever. But then we forget about it. If we documented every one of those things, we'd have a book full of stories. My advice really to people is just be more aware or pay attention of when something happens. I have a segment in my show called Listener Stories. This is something where people can send in. If there's a story you can record in five minutes, record it on your phone, send it to me by email. I'll play it at the end of, a, at the end of an episode. And these are just short stories. There's nothing incredible or intense about them. I shouldn't say that. Some of them are intense, but it's, and I put it at the end of each episode because that gets people listening all the way to the end because people love these stories. Everyone has stories like that. It's just a matter of being aware of them. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I've loved about listening to a number of your episodes now is those listener stories at the end because it gives people a little bit, just a little sense of ownership and behind the scenes type of uh sensibility mm -hmm. about your show connected. And I think it's part of what we're talking about here, Scott, where they want, no matter how we feel about it, people want to be heard and they want them, they want to be recognized for having value in this world. And I just want to say from my perspective as a listener and a fan of your show, thank you for bringing to light some stories that are hard to tell and hard to listen to at times, but need to be, that need to be told. And I think it may help people to have some of those hard, maybe some of those hard stories to tell and get them out there and because there is great value in it. So thank you for sharing that. And his name is Scott Johnson, and the podcast is What Was That Like? And we'll put links to his show at our show, notes at drbradmiller.com. Scott Johnson, thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. 